Hey guys, this is Jamal Murphy, the, the sports guy from Bill Roden on Sports. I just wanted to give you a little uh, information on DraftKings. The moment you've been waiting for is almost yes. here. Football, Football is just around the corner. Football. And you can start the season by winning yes. $2 million in week one yes. at DraftKings.com, America's one-week fantasy football site. One-week fantasy means no season-long commitments. Because you'll probably uh, lose a few games in your, in your normal fantasy league. So it's a brand new season every time you play DraftKings.com. Just pick your players, pile up the points, and pick up your cash. That's it. Why wait until the end of the season to get paid when you can win huge prizes every week? You can get started playing right now. Prepare for the regular season with, with preseason contests running through August. You've already been scouting your players for the season-long fantasy team, as I have. But put that knowledge to the test every week this, this football season at DraftKings.com, where you could run your... You could turn your love of football into a lifetime of cash. That would be great. Hurry to DraftKings.com now and use promo code RODEN, R-H-O-D-E-N, to play for a free shot at $2 million in Week 1 Millionaire Maker. Enter RODEN, R-H-O-D-E-N, for free entry now at DraftKings.com. DraftKings.com. That's DraftKings.com. Welcome to Bill Roden on Sports. Taking you inside clubhouses, locker rooms, and boardrooms, legendary sports columnist Bill Roden gets inside the heads and beneath the veneer of the men and women who play and own the games we love. Hello, everyone. Um, Welcome to another edition of Bill Roden on Sports. Uh, This is Bill Roden, and of course, the talk of... I don't know if talk to the nation, but certainly the talk of the NFL-loving nation and, and those who are interested in ethics and sports uh, talking about the uh, a judge's decision to overturn the four-game suspension that NFL commissioner uh, Ron, uh, not Ron, but uh, Roger Goodell leveled at uh, Tom Brady. Everybody's talking about it. There are a lot of debates. And uh, I'd like to bring in a, a, a special guest and somebody who I've really enjoyed talking to about ethics and morality in sports, uh, and that is uh, attorney Ron Katz. Uh, Ron Katz is the chair emeritus of the Santa Clara University Institute of Sports, Law, and Ethics. I'd like to welcome Ron to the program. Ron, welcome. Thanks for having me, Bill. Absolutely. It's always a pleasure. So, Ron, let's get right into it. Um, we, we've spoken about this Brady uh, uh, episode for a long, long, long time. And um, what, what, what do you make of it? We've gone from everything from you're saying there's no rule for cheating to now uh, we're talking about uh, a judge saying the NFL uh, overstepped his bounds. What, what do you make of this? Well, it, it's... Uh because of the sort of there's some humorous aspects of this with the idea of deflated balls <laughs> nickname of the deflator and things of that sort and and so it's been a bit of a target for comedians or for people saying that it's trivial but that sort of covers up the the main issue which is how do you protect the integrity of a sport right and the way that that has been done uh started uh in the 19 19- 1919 after the Black Sox scandal which was probably the biggest scandal in sports history and uh, Major League Baseball had a serious problem and they brought in a 
federal judge, somebody who had been a federal judge for 17 years, named Kennesaw Mountain Landis, mm -hmm. and he insisted on two things. One is that he would have a lifetime contract, <laughs> and the second is that uh, he alone would have the ability to decide what was in the best interests of baseball, and that was accepted. And that power is what has descended through time to the current commissioners. I mean, the current commissioners do not, you know, they're not former federal judges anymore, or mm -hmm. former college presidents or generals, as we've had before. Uh, they're basically employees of the league, but mm -hmm. they still have this power. But of course, now the power is uh, embedded in a collective bargaining agreement. Mm -hmm. So you have to really parse out two things. One is what happened here was what happened unethical or wrong. Mm -hmm. And the second is, which is more of a legal question, was the process fair? And the judge addressed the process question. Uh, he said the process was not fair, and that's, of course, subject to appeal. But in terms of the conduct itself, he actually accepted the findings of the, con uh, of the conduct. He, he accepted the findings of the Wells Commission. And basically, hmm. said, Wells report and basically said, well, they're just not relevant in the context of a flawed process. So we're no further than we were before in determining what was right and what was wrong here. But now there's a real problem for the sport because if every decision of the commissioner can now be subject to a court of law, it's going to completely bog down the process. Yeah. And be completely the opposite of what was started under Kennesaw Mountain Landis. And Kennesaw Mountain Landis was not perfect by any means. Well, he was, big, he was a big-time racist, number one. He he had a lot of problems. <laughs> I think I think it's undisputed that he did save baseball. Right, right. So, uh, yeah. And the interesting thing is, if you want to see the contrast between law and ethics, it's it's little known, but the the members of the Chicago White Sox that were uh, went to court, they actually went to court, and they were acquitted in court. Mm -hmm. And the day after they were acquitted uh, was when he banned them from baseball for life. So which is, which is interesting, right? They, they again, you're you're right. They the the law says you're free, but baseball says you're out of the game. Yeah, and we've had other uh, instances like that. I mean, once upon a time, even. You know, beloved players like Willie Mays and Mickey Mantle were banned from baseball. Right. And Joe Namath they, uh, named, uh, banned from, um, what was he banned? He was suspended. No, no. Joe Namath just had to give up his stake in Bachelors too. Right. So they, they had uh, associated themselves with the casino. They were greeters. It was right. after their playing career. And uh, the commissioner at that time, Bowie Kuhn, said, well, the casino is no place for a hero and a Hall of Famer. Uh, and then that was later reversed by a later commissioner, Peter Ubroth. But it just goes to show how strong these powers were, and they had to be strong to sort of keep the sport away from gambling. And, and, the, and the reason that to keep the sport away from gambling, it, that's why you have to protect right. the integrity of the sport, because otherwise you have nothing. And now, uh, with all the new draft kings and everything else, <laughs> I don't know <laughs> what, what the definition of, of, of gambling <laughs> is, but, uh, you know, the, the world has changed. But it's still quite clear that the integrity, somebody has to be able to protect the integrity of the sport. And I would suggest that what we need to go back to the system of having very distinguished people like president of Yale or a general or a senator or somebody like that to be the commissioner, because only that kind of person would have the, the, the gravitas to, to be, be respected by all the parties. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, 
where does that what are the disturbing things about this Brady ruling? I mean, obviously, and I've gotten tons and tons of uh, of notes from Patriot fans who are demanding, you know, apologies and you know, and we I think we both knew that this would happen that people would take this as an exoneration of Tom Brady, which is the furthest thing from the truth. What it what it is is more of a denunciation of of a process and of the commissioner. Um, than it is saying somebody was that, that that the quarterback of the New England Patriots didn't do anything wrong, um, but that's what happens in these kinds of things. That uh, and 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 the the truth of the matter, the essence of whether something was done wrong, really has not been dealt with, and probably I'm not sure if it will be dealt with if this appeal is not upheld. Is, is that problematic? Well, as I said, uh, it's it has been little noted, but but the judge, Judge Berman, actually accepted the findings of the Wells report. And then he went on to talk about the process, and of course he will not be the last word. But he said some things that would be almost impossible to have any judicial system that that would keep what he said had to be uh, kept. Uh, For example, he said Brady didn't have notice that obstructing the investigation would result in a penalty. Well, I don't know. (laughs) It seems to me anyone would know. Uh, your mother told you, <laughs> don't obstruct the investigation, don't destroy don't your th- cell phone. Don't throw your cell phone away, right? Right, yeah. So the idea that the NFL would have to think up everything in advance that he could possibly be punished for and then give him notice of that, you know, d- don't you know, don't destroy your cell phone, don't obstruct the, the, uh, the uh, investigation, it's, it's impossible. No, mm-hmm. no one could meet that standard. Mm-hmm. You know, I was I was having a conversation with a friend of mine um, just about two hours ago, who's a, a athletic director down in Washington D.C., and he was talking about the proliferation of cheating at the high school level of coaches. Uh, it's, it's become just part of the culture of high school sports, uh, practicing when you're not supposed to practice. Uh, he went back and forth with parents who were reclassifying their kids so they could be, you know. Uh, 13 years old competing in junior high school. You know, it just just one thing after another. So to me, this thing about Brady, as you mentioned before, this really isn't about the weight of a football. Um, it goes far beyond that, just a culture of of uh, edges, getting edges, uh, getting every edge you can get, every, every, in this case, every PSI you can get. And, and the fact that that has not really been resolved to me is is a problem but and you've dealt with this issue before in terms of football and concussions and who knew what when and that kind of stuff so really i, I know it's a good day for new england patriots people but i i just think in the realm of uh of uh the ethics of of sports it's not necessarily a great day well i as i say i think you have to have a commissioner who is above the fray somebody that that everyone respects. Who would that be? I'm just I, when you when you mentioned that the other day, I was thinking, well, who would that be? Obama? Does Obama? You know, I'm like not, not that he wants another gig, but him or or, or um, who they say was going to be the uh, uh, the NFL commissioner uh, out of Stanford? Um, uh, well, Lisa Wright. Yeah, there was an example a few years ago that I thought was very good, and when they when baseball was studying uh, steroids. They had uh, retired Senator Mitchell, I think, was the head of that commission. Right. And uh, they chose him because of his uh, unquestioned integrity. And so I think somebody like that, you know, I rather doubt that 
you know, somebody in President Obama's position would do it. But at that next level down, the Senate level or the college president level, you know, we have a lot of very, very distinguished people and, uh, you know, people who would be independent of the pressures that the owners are going to bring. I mean, right now, the, you know, Mr. Goodell, I have nothing good or bad to say about him in particular, but, you know, he came up through the system and he is, his paycheck is signed by the owners. So he's doing his job. Right. But uh, the point is that it's not just a job because it, it has much broader implications. You know, we now uh, televise the Little League World Series, and of course that has led to cheating in, in that uh, game. So, you know, once you introduce uh, so much money and fame into these things, of course people are going to, to bend the rules, and you need people who are just unquestionably ethical, even though they're not going to be perfect, to, to lead that. And, and that's why this power was established in the first place. And I think it's an important power because we can't go on like this. Right. right. Do you think there needs to be a, more of a tribunal? I mean, I, I, I hear what you're saying about one person, but it seems as if the idea of punishment goes beyond the ability of one person to do. Do you think we need a tribunal, a, 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 a tribunal or a panel made up of three or four of these highly respected uh, people with gravitas? Um, Yes, I would say it slightly differently. We need a system. Mm -hmm. We need a system that people can have trust in. And that system should do the legwork, you know, the investigations. It should do essentially the trial. But then the final appeal should be somebody who uh, has the sport in mind, not not just the facts of any individual case. So I, I think that the... The, the commissioner has to stay above the fray, but he has to have the final say. But he should not be involved in the day-to-day of uh, investigating and prosecuting and everything else. That that should come up through the system. And I think it wouldn't be a bad idea to have a system where you had, for example, retired judges hmm. who uh, made the initial determinations, and then the final appeal would go to the uh, to the commissioner, because judges are used to doing this. They're used to sifting facts. They're used to being consistent. They're used to giving due process. So why wouldn't you call in the experts to do that? I mean, there's no reason to believe that someone who's been a businessman for his whole life would be able to be to create an entire judicial system in, inside his head. It, it, no one could do that. Right. Hey, Rod, two, two last things. Um, the, the, the Wells... Well, not so much the Wells report, but the Wells system. Uh, you know, the NBA PA uh, asked Wells to to um, well, I, I don't want to say go after Billy Hunter, uh, but they they definitely you know the the, the report he did um, played a large role in his uh, removal. Now, of course, he's suing uh, uh, he's suing the uh, NFL. Uh, I mean, the NBA PA, and then of course the the, the uh, NFL asked Wells to go after Incognito and Brady. <clears throat> what do you think of of this idea of, um, you know, using, quote-unquote, this outsider and independent investigation system to do what some people say is, uh, you know, basically uh, you use the independent investigation to achieve a predetermined result. Do you think that this also has to be looked at? Well, you know, Mr. Wells is a highly respected attorney, and the 
NFL paid him several millions of dollars to do this. So, I mean, it's, it's hard to say that somebody's being arbitrary and capricious when they spend $3 million on an investigation. Uh, I, I think that uh, he made a, one mistake, which is that his firm also represented the NFL in the hearing, which I think created somewhat of a conflict. And I think that was probably not the best decision to make. But no one has ever stated why Ted Wells would have been prejudiced. No one has ever stated why Roger Goodell would be prejudiced against uh, Tom Brady. If, if anything, you'd think the opposite, that right. he would pull his punches against uh, Tom Brady. So uh, I do think it's, you know, it, normally you have somebody in that role, investigative role, prosecutorial role, whatever, and I think... Uh, you know, to say that Ted Wells was not independent because he got paid by the NFL, I mean, who, who's going to do the investigation and not get paid? That's, you know, <laughs> right. that's how the man makes a living. I mean, right. there's nothing. Then, then you'd say everybody in history was, uh, you know, was, was prejudiced. Everybody who got paid was prejudiced. It's just not true. So, uh, you know, the, the whole thing has just gotten, it, it just goes to show how it's gotten out of hand that for someone of his standing and his reputation, with no evidence at all, people can say that he was biased. I mean, why would he be biased? There's no reason why he would be biased. Right, and, and you're right. And why would the NFL really trying to get rid of his most, his, his greatest star? It doesn't make sense. Well, you can be sure that if they had given him a fine of $5,500, which is what the union suggested, that people would say there was a cover-up, that uh, they were pulling their punches, et cetera, et cetera. So... You have to get away from that. You know, this process that we have now is just a nightmare. And it's great for the press, it's great for television, it's great for comedians, but it's not very good for the integrity of the game. My guest is Ron Katz. He's the chair emeritus of the Santa Clara University Institute of Sports, Law, and Ethics. Ron, just, just um, last thing, where, where do the, uh, the, the uh, Patriots uh, and the NFL go from here. I mean, let's, you're a sports fan. You're the uh, you, you've been a uh, San Francisco 49ers uh, fan, and you're a fan of the sport. You're a fan of football. What, what as we begin the season, what, what do you think? Does this set an ominous tone, a good tone, bad tone, no tone? Well, I think it's going to create change, and I hope the change goes in a, in a good direction. Uh, it, the status quo is untenable. We can't we can't continue this way. And, you know, it's not just this case. The Adrian Peterson case is on appeal. I mean, that's even a clearer uh, example of the difference between law and ethics, because I don't think anyone would say that uh, child abuse is something that is in any way good. And yet uh, he's so far won his case against the NFL. So it's the same thing here. I don't think really anyone can say that the deflation of football is good. But uh, that wasn't before the courts. Right. So there's going to have to be some changes and uh, maybe some changes of personnel, too. And, and the, they, the NFL actually did institute a new disciplinary system. They brought in a prosecutor, but uh, we haven't heard from him. Right. So I don't know. Uh, he may be in the missing persons program now <laughs> or whatever. But they, they brought in a pretty distinguished prosecutor, actually. I think he was the U.S. attorney. Uh, for Baltimore, if I'm not mistaken. And they made a big deal out of it, so you're right. Where is he? Maybe he's in the FBI Witness Protection Plan. He's in the Witness Protection <laughs> Program, I think.
<laughs> and, then, and maybe the next one will be Roger Goodell. <laughs> <laughs> the, 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 but I think that the fans will have the last word. I think when on opening night in Pittsburgh, I think it's going to be a bad night for Tom Brady. Uh, well, only unless Roethlisberger gets gets hurt and they bring in Michael Vick. <laughs> <laughs> that would be uh, uh, King Kong versus Godzilla. I guess. <laughs> hey, Rod, thank you so much. This is great. Uh, man, I always enjoy your insights and look forward to seeing you soon. All right, good chatting with you, Bill. Okay. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.